But all right, well, man, I'm excited about this morning. As I was spending time uh, reading my Bible this morning, I got here kind of early, and I love just sitting down and reading. Uh, I shared this with some of our men's ministry team uh, leaders, but I wanted to I wanted to read it to you. I'm spending some time in in First John right now, and uh, I read John chapter one into verse two, and I was just kind of resting on some of the verses in here. And when I read it this morning, I really felt like it was kind of like the Lord telling me, like, Tim, okay, this is a good reminder to, to put, your, put your big boy pants on, so to speak, man up, because, because God's got something for you. But check this out. Look at what verses, I'm going to start in verse 3 of chapter 2 in 1 John. So 1 John 3, 2, it says, Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought to himself walk in the way just as, or walk just as he walked. I was like, God, that's good. That's a good reminder for me as a man to say, I need to look like Jesus to the people around me. And it's not like a legalistic, I got to accomplish all these things for salvation. No, Jesus paid for salvation. But there should be such a connection between me, my heart, and Jesus and his heart that I look a lot like him when people see me. Amen? As men, we're called to live a life that represents God well. Uh, I, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Sometimes we're the only Bible that someone will ever read. Some people aren't going to open up a Bible and spend time reading it. So I want to be the best, the most accurate translation I can. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to pray for us as we get going in today. If you want to bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time, that we could come here, that we can get encouraged and challenged. Father, the cry of our heart, God, the cry of our heart would be that we would represent you well, that we would walk out of a moment like this looking a little bit more like you, Jesus. Father, I pray that that there's such a closeness between you and us that that, that people are just blown away. So we love you, Lord. We thank you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. As pastors say, that one was free. <laughs> you got more than you came for. No, I'm joking. All right. Uh, so we've been going through this, this series on maximized manhood. Uh, if you have the book and you're reading it, uh, keep, keep going in that. If you haven't started reading it and you're interested, find the book. It's by Ed Cole, Maximize Manhood. Every Tuesday I come here and, and multiple people will say, wow, this is a good book. Uh, he takes the word of God and makes it real practical in our lives in a lot of ways. So I'd encourage you to dive into this book. Uh, but we're going to continue talking about our third point out of Maximize Manhood, which is the buck stops here. Everyone say the buck stops here. Uh, inside of 
biblical masculinity, there are several concepts that come up frequently. There are things like we should be courageous. We need to live our lives courageously. That's, a, that's an aspect of biblical manhood. There's the idea of we need to have character and we need to have uh, uh, you know, conviction and all this stuff. And one of the, th- the aspects of biblical manhood that comes up repeatedly is this idea of rejecting passivity. Everyone say reject passivity. There's this idea of rejecting passivity and everyone say accept responsibility. Can I tell you how difficult that can be? I don't understand how me at my age can have difficulty accepting responsibility. But in moments when, when, when something comes up and something happens, there is this war that can happen inside of me. And uh, maybe it happens inside of you. Maybe you're, you're probably way better at this than I am. But there's a war and there's this voice that says, just blame someone else. Just blame someone else. Make it someone else's responsibility. And... and I have to realize that there comes a point where I just have to choose to say, you want to know what? I'm going to accept responsibility. Even if the outcome is difficult, even if the outcome's painful, I have to accept responsibility. There's a quote by John Maxwell that says, the greatest day in your life and mine is when we take total responsibility for our attitudes. That's the day we truly grow up. When we take full responsibility, that's the day we truly grow up. Uh, Brene Brown said, if you own this story, you get to write the ending. Let me say that again. If you own the story, you get to write the ending. Sometimes we can, we can reject uh, we could je- reject responsibility and we can accept passivity so much that we remove all ability we have to make an impact in the end of our story. If you want to be able to make an impact in the end of your story, you need to take responsibility for the things that are happening. We need to say, you want to know what? There's a part that I played in that and I'm going to accept that. Now, I'm not saying that everything that happens in your life is always your responsibility. Don't don't go that far down this road. But realize that when it comes to a moment of us accepting responsibility, we need to say, you want to know what? That's on me. That's on me. I've got that one. Man, we need to take responsibility. Responsibility lies with you. We need to understand that we have a place of authority in our life because we are made in the image of God. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move on the ground. I love this moment because this is in in the story of creation and God is talking about making man and he said, let us make him in our own image. And then what he says with that is then he will rule. Man, we're created to have authority and responsibility inside of our lives. But the moment we reject responsibility and accept passivity, we remove all ability of that in our lives. It's amazing that God didn't come down when Adam messed up. God didn't come down and just start like throwing it all. This, this world is crap and there's nothing going to be good with it and chucked it out. No, God said, all right, I'll fix that. All of us are sitting here because God took responsibility and said, you want to know what? Adam may have messed up. He can't fix it. God's like, I got this one. I'm going to make a way. And that's why we're sitting here today. 
Man, we need to come to a point where we realize that we have to take responsibility. Jesus said this. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve. That's the attitude that we have to have of this is on me. I'm taking this one. I'm doing what I need to. I'm not going to uh, reject responsibility. I'm going to accept responsibility. I was thinking about it uh, practically. I think defensiveness is just part of our culture these days. You look, you look, look at our politicians. <laughs> look at our, like, this is ridiculous. Something happens and all of them are pointing 15, they only have 10 fingers, but they're pointing 15 fingers at other people instead of saying, wait, I got that one. That one's, that one's on me. They start, it's kind of like this, something happens and they're all up there like this. Like, it's that person's fault, right? When really what they should be doing is like, hey, that, one, that one's on me. Like, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take responsibility. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna point the finger at everyone else, but I'm gonna say like, hey, listen, we need to stop finger pointing, right? We need, we need to say, you want to know what, when it comes to the things that happen in my life, I'm going to accept more responsibility than probably what is actually on me because I want to be able to make an impact in my life and I don't want that to happen again. So I'm going to, I'm going to set myself up to be able to, to make a change in that area. I love, uh, uh, Pastor Daniel Vanderklok. He's not here this morning. He normally sits right here. Uh, but when he was one of the youth pastors here, I would hear him say over and over again, the moment you blame someone else, you remove all the ability you have to impact that ever again in your life. I don't know about you, but I want to set myself up to be able to make a difference in my life. If you think about this practically, if you hang out with someone that continually blames other people for what's going on, there's no way you're ever going to be vulnerable and open up and develop deep friendship with that individual. Because vulnerability and deep friendship is built on an, a, an aspect of I'm taking responsibility for what's my mine in this. The other day... Um, this, this is just a real practical, but I, but I thought this was a good illustration of this. The other day, my wife and I were at a friend's house who just recently moved into the area. They got a house, and they're doing a whole bunch of work on their house. And uh, I'm, I see things, and I wonder, can I do something to fix that situation, right? So there's windows in the back of their house, and one of them isn't locked all the way. So I'm like, I'm just going to... I'm going to lock this. So, so I do what I do, and I'm like pushing the window up, and I go, and I, I go to lock it. And when I go to lock it, apparently my strength was way greater than the manufacturer's plastic. <laughs> Why did they make it out of plastic? I don't know. Make these things out of steel. Anyways, I pushed on the lock window. You know the little slide window turn locks on top? I push on it, and it's like snap. And I'm like, and then I'm like, snap. <laughs> you know, like, oh. And I'm sitting there in this middle of this big open living room, and no one else is around. Can I tell you, what does the enemy say at that point? This is a window lock. I looked up online. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, what's worth like truth in my life? $15. Oh, that's a little bit more. But I'm like, and, and also in the courage 
hopped up inside of me of the Holy Spirit and said, just, just own it to them. So he comes walking back in. I'm like, hey, listen, uh, got to tell you, <laughs> it's amazing how this could be so difficult, even in simple things. But I'm like, hey, listen, got to tell you, uh, the window wasn't locked. I was going to lock it and it snapped. And he's like, he's like, oh, that's all right. But still on the inside, I'm like, well, I got to do something to make it right. How many of you guys understand that feeling? I got to do something to make it right. And I'm like, let me, let me just buy you a lock. I've been starting to look up online. They're really simple. It's like 12, 15 bucks. I can get one here. And uh, he's like, we'll, we'll figure it out, whatever. Okay, you, this is how the Lord works, right? I just gotta, I gotta conclude this story. He's like, oh, hey, by the way, I've gotta put a new window sash in the closet window in our bedroom because it's leaking. One of the, you know, with us buying the house, they had to get a new window sash, but it's not put in. I'm like, well, I can help you with that. And I go over there and what window sash do you think it is? It's the bottom window sash and what does it have on it? One of the locks, one of the original locks. I'm like, Thank you, Lord. Pop that thing out. Put the new one in. Hey, you got a screwdriver real quick. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Take that thing off. The Lord solved my problem in like 15 minutes. And I was sitting there in that moment thinking, how am I going to take responsibility for this? Because every, I don't know why it is, but I think it comes down to in our culture, we choose to have this blame other people attitude. We're going to try to blame other people we're going to try to get defensive inside of our culture. But God says, no, take responsibility on that one. No, that one's on me. Can I tell you that it never gets easy to take responsibility, but it is always worth it. Amen? It is always worth it to take responsibility. President Truman said it this way. He said, the buck stops here. I was trying to figure out where this like, concept came from. You can look it up. There's some different things. I go to hunting, right? <laughs> I go to hunting because I'm a hunter, and I'm like, I want the buck to stop in the right spot. I don't want to let that one go by. And that, that's where I went. Like, you could choose to let all of it go by and someone else have to take care of it, or you could say, you want to know what? I've got that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do what I need to, to take responsibility in that one. It's a that's on me attitude. I love, if you look, um, I'm not going to dive too far into it because I want to get into table discussion. There are two guys in the Bible that I think their stories parallel with completely different endings in a lot of ways. But you have King Saul in the Old Testament and you have King David. Now King David, we hear King David and we're like, yeah, I want to be like that guy. There's a lot of ways that I'd rather be like Saul except for the ending. Listen, David stole the man, uh, committed adultery with a woman. She was pregnant. So in order to cover it up, had the man killed and then took, his, took her as his wife. Yet we look at him and we say, that's a man after God's own heart. You look at King Saul. You want to know what King Saul's mistake was? He offered a sacrifice instead of letting Samuel do it. I would rather make the mistake of offering a sacrifice when it should have been someone else rather than stealing a woman and killing her husband. Yet we look and we say, what's the difference between the two? The difference is how they responded. David was approached about it. And he said, you want to what? That one's on me. King Saul tried to blame other people. But you should have been there. That's not my fault. That's not my fault. <laughs> 
He was like those politicians. David took responsibility and that's what made the difference. Guys, we need in our life to take responsibility so that we can be set up to make a difference. Amen? We're going to go ahead and hop into table discussion. I got two questions for you guys. The first one is, why is it so hard to take responsibility? Why in the world is it so difficult to take responsibility? In that moment when I broke that lock, why is there even a thought of, I could just walk away? Why is it so hard to take responsibility? And the second one is, what stops, what, what stops men from stopping that buck? What stops men? And then I'm going to add a second half onto that one is, how do we get to a place where we accept the responsibility?